Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everyone? Jared James Nichols here. I'm hanging out with Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks. Blues power is in the house. I got my brand new record out. Check it out. Here we go. Hey, what's happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Hook Rocks. This is Jay Scott. Thanks for tuning in once again. Always appreciate when you stop by and give us a listen. You can catch us all on every uh, social media platform or the three big ones, right? Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search up the Hook Rocks and stream us, subscribe to us, follow us on all podcast platforms. We're available everywhere. We're also part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. So check them out at pantheonpodcast.com. And don't forget to set your app to automatic download for the Hook Rock so you get the latest episode right to your phone whenever we drop a new one. We've had some great episodes since the beginning of the year. We started everything off in 2023 with our end-of-year album review, album of the year episode, where we count down the top 20 albums and top five EPs with my friend Chris Corradetti. We also welcomed in Richie Kotzen. And we also talked about the monopoly that Live Nation and Ticketmaster are basically fostering in the live entertainment business, whether it's concerts or sporting events. And we just had a U.S. Senate hearing. So check out that episode with Christian Eagle. We reviewed the buddy guy, Leilani Kilgore show. We just had Rick Nielsen on from Cheap Trick. And we just discussed the Ozzy Osbourne legacy with the news last week that he is canceling his tour. And we welcome Sidney Taylor uh, to do that as well. And we've got um, a, a great conversation lined up for you today. It's a band out of the UK, a band that we've had on the show before, a guest that we've had on the show before, and I'm really excited about their new album that comes out at the end of March, March 31st, called Relentless. And I'd like to welcome in Henrik from the band Empire. What's happening, man? How are you? I'm good, thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Man, you know, time does fly. I mean, we, you had the album out in 2019. I was looking that up. I'm like, man, I can't believe it's been that long, three years since you released that album. And I know the world was dealing with a major, major issue. So time kind of gets all meshed in and mixed up. And it, there's no, there was no definitive moments over the last, well, I wouldn't say over the last year, but there was an 18 month, two year period where it was kind of difficult to, really define time. So when I looked at when your album came out last time in 2019, I was like, wow, it's been, it's been three years. Yeah. It's been, it's been a long time. And I feel exactly the same way as you do that, that time during lockdown, the pandemic, I I feel like it was two years combined into one, one. It, it was, I can't distinguish between 2020 and 2021, quite frankly. Um, don't know how it was for you over in the US. In, in the UK, it was, it was a bit, a bit odd. I really enjoyed some of it. 
and and other parts of it was was really difficult um i guess everybody's talked about the stuff you, you couldn't couldn't gig and it's helped it did not help the life of bands at all when you couldn't be out and you couldn't be playing for people and you had to learn about doing live streams if you still wanted to be seen and do anything other than you know just posting pictures and little snippets of videos on social media but yeah it's it, it's been a while since self-aware and and the acoustic album um and it feels like but it feels like this album's been a long time coming that's how i feel about it right now yeah you know i know exactly what you're saying and i've mentioned this before on the show is you know usually when things are normal you have moments throughout the year that help you gauge time whether it's a vacation uh, a trip a birthday party a whatever and we were not interacting with each other so we were kind of like in our own silos and things passed without any any celebration or any documentation of memories during that time so when you think back of when things happen you're like there's nothing to gauge around when that happened it's just kind of all a bliss right and it's it's frustrating at times and i agree with you you know there were some good things about you know uh, the the lockdown and and there were some things that you know that were enjoyable namely you know catching up with things around the house or things around you know that you you've been putting off but we are social beings and it's good to be back with people amongst people going to concerts going to shows and just walking amongst each other so um Hopefully, you know, and I think everything, the worst has passed, but, uh, you know, fingers are still crossed that we can, you know, that we don't go back to where we were. But things are exciting in 2023. Things are exciting in 2022 uh, as well. But, man, it, it is upon us. Your new album is almost here. Yeah, I can't wait. We've been um, not sitting on it, but we, we've had it for for a little while now, and I've just been burning to release stuff so once we uh, we could release relentless back at the end of october it was a it was a release and a relief at the same time to finally get that that out and um, now knowing that we're just under 2 months away from having the whole album out there there's a there's something i'm particularly looking forward to is is people starting to listen to it and us starting to get feedback and hearing about what people's favorite song is and people telling us like, oh, I'm really looking forward to hearing that live, which we're starting to get from having the single releases. And uh, about three weeks before we release, we're doing a, a listening party, which we've never done before. We're renting a little cinema in Northampton, where we come from. And uh, we're going to, that's already been sold out. It sold out in 24 hours, which was amazing for us. So we can actually introduce about 80 people or so to the album in advance of it coming out it's it's um it, it's a burning need is how i describe it at the moment to get it out there as far as cre the creative process and going through this since the last album self-aware into this now that you know things have, uh, have opened up how did the newness of being around people and, and, and being able to more or less freely go about your life like we used to, how did that affect your creative process, the, the way you approached the music on this album? I can't, I can't honestly say it, it affected things too much. It was really the fact of being in lockdown uh, that actually influenced it, but not really lockdown itself. There's only one song on the whole album that refers perhaps to an observation of how other people's lives slowed down during lockdown. Whereas uh, from my perspective, when we went into lockdown, um, I remember one day where I was just sitting on my phone, not on YouTube, and up popped a thing about samples specifically orchestral samples from a company called spitfire audio and i was like wait a minute you're telling me i can have an orchestra on my computer you know you must be kidding me this is this is going to cost me a fortune if i want to do this and i looked at it and it was a few few hundred pounds so a few hundred dollars and i was like well everything's lucking down i'm I, i've got an idea what i can do so i i bought this this package of uh, uh, the BBC Symphony Orchestra in uh, in computer form, as it were. And 
off I went um, right in some like kind of orchestral and bits with with samples in. So that got me into just other samples. So you'll you'll notice on the new album, not only are the pretty much all parts of an orchestra that you could imagine in some songs. That's not to say that suddenly Empire has gone to be uh, a fully orchestrated band, but there are there are bits there. Um, and that's kind of what inspired me. So it was it was actually being away from people and having time to focus on my music um, uh, without the gigging that where I found another outlet for it and learned about another part um, and that is what influenced some of the songs on the on the new album. When you're creating, you know, with that that orchestra that you've found and and, and are learning, how did that impact what you're doing for this album? It it just gave more possibilities. It was frightening from the perspective of if we go and put violins and cello and uh, bassoons or tubers or whatever it is onto a recording how on earth do we do that live or what can we sacrifice live and will it still sound like the song in terms of how you'd listen to it um, on a cd or vinyl whatever Um, so it was it was a great inspiration and it was a great way of I I let myself just be kind of free. I was like, okay, right. One song has a full orchestral minute intro. There's not a guitar or anything. There's there's piccolos, there's flutes, there's violins. It's just fully orchestrated, one minute, and then bang, guitars come in. Um, the final song on the album, a song called Your Whole Life Slows, that has uh, an outro for about a minute which is orchestrated but with guitars on on top and what we've managed to do is actually um integrate that into the the set so that what elliot our drummer does is he will trigger something because we can't afford to have an orchestra travel with us we're not metallica so um as much as we'd like to at the moment we kind of have to have to cheat a bit and we put in as much of what you hear on the finished product as we possibly can in a live show, given that our budgets for shows are not the likes of Guns N' Roses and Metallica and whoever else who can travel with, uh, you know, a nice little uh, chamber orchestra with them. We can't do that. But it was fun. And it has been interesting to weave that stuff into our music. Were you, or not were, but how did you get prepared to start creating for this album was there anything different than the previous album that you did going into this session i think a lot i think a lot of things were different uh, the, my home setup was was different in terms of uh, i know your listeners can't see it but where you can see me at the moment on our our zoom call this is my music room um there's guitars behind me some of the songs were written on on those guitars um so I have my recording equipment here. That's by no means to say that this is a, a full like recording studio, as most people would, would picture one. This is just a, a bedroom of a house that's no longer a bedroom that has a has a PC in it and and Cubase uh, for my uh, recording. And what we would do that was different from self aware was that was pretty rudimentary. Just uh did our lead guitarist and I we would just record a lot of stuff on our phones and um, we still did that for relentless but what was different was that we were able to do much more fully formed demos that were better quality before going into the studio we would kind of we were better prepared to go into the studio because we had all of us contributed remotely so this is during lockdown where I would start something or did would start something or grant the bass player the whole life slows that was one of his ideas he just recorded himself on his phone uploaded that to our google drive then i would watch it turn that generally into a song then get did involved he'd add some more guitar parts i'd do things and then once we had a general idea of drums we'd send it over to elliot and on his electric kit at home he would lay down his his drum part and we kind of had everything ready to then take into a practice room when we could get together 
and then take to the studio. So it was a refreshing way of doing it. It meant upskilling for not just me, but for all the guys. And, and it was that, uh, it was in a way more of a collaborative experience than we'd done before, even though in some instances, none of us could, you know, get within tens of miles of each other. We were, uh, so yeah, it, interesting and different. And I'm sure the next album will be different again when we can all come around, but I guess it will be those guys coming around here one by one and laying down parts and playing with ideas as well as doing stuff at home so it's given us more options i think for the future when you talk about the setting of creating you know the collaborative process anytime you try something different there's a level of discomfort right because you're used to things being a certain way you know for for creating wise um does that discomfort help push the band help push you as an artist you know, get to get out of that comfort zone to discover new types of approaches or ways to, you know, hit a note or approach a note. I think, I think it does in the way that if you still want to battle on through and reach a goal, then you've got to find a way of circumventing these problems or fighting through them or learning an, another process. So, It is, it was hard. I'm trying to think of a phrase that I really can't put my finger on at the moment, but basically that in, in the face of adverse, adversity, then, you know, if you, if you've got the, the will and the drive and the way, then you will find a way to succeed. And ultimately it will, it will make things easier. And it did make things easier because now everybody's used to, I'll record an idea on their phone or open up the laptop and plugging in an audio interface and recording an idea on there and just uploading it. It's, it's, it's the new way of um, working and also just means that we don't have to, I guess, not waste time, but, you know, waste, perhaps waste time and money all getting in cars and convening in one practice room when really everybody can do it at their own um when they've got the time to do it throw a few ideas down have a listen to something it doesn't all have to happen when we're in the same space at the same time when sometimes things can get quite jumbled so yeah that adversity um opened up some doors and um other avenues of working which have been good do you prefer to be to be comfortable or to have a little bit of discomfort when you're creating (laughs) well that's difficult to say and i think it depends on the scenario because uh as we kind of touched on that discomfort can bring some rewards uh perhaps some originality and perhaps some approaches that you haven't thought of before but there's also a pattern to being comfortable which just makes it easy you can work faster and more efficiently without having those things stuck in your way so there's something to be said for both um and right now i'm i i feel rusty because a lot of now at present is is promo um for the the album and whilst i have been writing since we recorded it um that's taken a bit of a back seat so i am feeling a little nervous about the fact of going back to that in a, in a couple of months' time or whenever it is that I've got time to focus on it again, because I will have lost some of those skills where I was comfortable to go through a workflow. I've got an idea, right, off we go. And it feels like looking back when we were writing things, the later songs that came out for the album, so Hit and Run, Wake in Light, Forget Me, they, uh, Your Whole Life Slows, they, they were some of the last ones written and I kind of feel like I was just in that space and could throw myself into it. And it was just ideas, 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 bang, 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 bang. And um, I could work fast enough not to lose something that was in my head. I don't know that I can do that now. So it take me some while to get back up to speed. Is there a difference for you between being comfortable in your in, a, in the creative process or being accepting in the creative process? You know, accepting when I say that, 
You know, it's like, this is what the situation is. This is what we're dealing with. All right. Now I've come to expect this. I'm accepting what's happening or versus comfort where you're relaxed. You understand what, you know, where you're headed. Is it, is it two separate things for you or is it, is it, is there a difference between the both of them? So do you mean sort of accepting when there's a, when there's a, a, a problem? No, just accepting, accepting the surroundings that you are in at that moment of creating. Is that part of the comfort or is that separate than the comfort? Hmm. I'm trying to picture myself like here in my music room or if we're in the studio and we're, we're creating and, um, it's. I, I don't even know that I'm in a headspace where I'm. I'm thinking about whether I'm. I just am accepting it by default. It's well, I'm here in my music room, or I'm in the studio, or we're in the the practice room together. So that's just what it is. It is what it is. If you, if you <laughs> um, and those places I'm comfortable being in, there are. There are probably instances where I'd want to do something a little bit, a little bit different, or it, it, it might take something out of the studio, for example, and come back to my music room and then work on it at home and then send it back to the to the engineer or mixer or that or go back to the studio with it and we go we try, we try that. But it is it yeah, it's just one of those things. It is what it is when we're creating and we will try and work with what we've got or find a, a way to add what we what we need um i'm trying to give you a good example but off the top of my head i i, I can't really i hope that answers your question it does. yeah absolutely absolutely as far as the music goes how do you know how does the band know when a song is ready is ready oh. to get an album yeah, that's tough and that was especially tough this time because we we couldn't go out and gig test these songs i think that we didn't gig test one of them we 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 couldn't really before we'd actually started the recording process because of the weird 2020 2021 we were able to do a little bit of gigging over here we could um there were a few gigs that we managed to do in between lockdowns where we could go out and play to a limited number of people sometimes inside but often outside and um, there were a couple of occasions when we were able to play one or two new songs but due to the fact that we didn't have much uh, ability to be able to all practice together we would generally played it safe and played stuff that we were comfortable with from self-aware um so it was difficult. Um, so I've, I've, I've completely lost my train of thought now. And what, and what was the question, Jake? <laughs> how was how you... so, so deep in thinking about like what it was like back in, like doing those gigs. Yeah. Just lost. <laughs> the, question, right back. <laughs> the question is how, how do you know when a song is ready? How do you or the band know when a song is ready? Just. I can't even answer that. There's just a feeling where we go, has it got everything? I think it's more that fact of until we, till no one's saying something's lacking. But we don't often know if something's lacking until you get it to a live environment. Because we'll play something and then we'll go, right, was something lacking or was it, let's say it gets, you know, not the best reception. Okay, okay. A, it's a new song, so people don't know it. So was something, aside from that, was something lacking? Was it just because it's new or were we too rusty? We didn't have it down perfectly. What was, what was wrong with it? Um, if there was something wrong with it, and that is the difficult part. Um, so when is it done? Generally, when we feel that nothing else can be done, when we've got every part as good as we can possibly get it and then it's sort of ticked off. Okay. It's ready for the studio, but it was, we're still getting used to playing these songs live. I can't think of one where I'm like, Hmm, 
we 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 kind of took that out the oven before it was cooked. So I think we've done well. But um, yeah, it's a, I, we, time will tell. We'll find out when we start playing them all, all live and everybody gets used to them. Well, how is that then for you not kind of battle testing these songs and releasing them? Because this is so different than what you're used to doing. How, how, do, you, how do you navigate through that? It's a bit of a concern, but I suppose we've got to have some self-belief. We, we've at least got the experience of having done self-aware and then rejigging some of those songs to do the acoustic album, The Other Side. And we, um, I think there were one or two songs that we didn't gig test properly on, on self-aware. And that sort of, um, that case of we we're just more experienced at it now i think on the whole we're pretty comfortable we know we know what it is when when it's done yep so i don't don't struggle with it too much i think we've got enough self-belief to get by (laughs) as far as self-aware goes that album really propelled empire as one of the faces of new rock in the uk um, you know, it was very, very well received, critically acclaimed. Um, the album, you know, had stellar reviews across the board. When you think back of that now going into the new album, Relentless, did that put any pressure on the band to equal what or to, to go above what Self Aware did? Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Yeah, it, it did. And before we really started writing for, for Relentless, I was worried I was thinking, how are we going to do better than that? But all of us feel that we have managed to better self-aware as a whole with Relentless. Um, there is, that's not to say that we've bettered every song, you know, song for song, if you were to kind of compare like for like. But overall, we think the songs are 
as good or better across the board and the production should be better. And I think our songwriting has improved. And we've also started to, to hone our sound as well as bring something new in as well. So there's a mixture of what I'd call novelty and familiarity on Relentless. There'll be some stuff where you think, oh, maybe that could have been on self-aware. And then there'll be some things where you think, oh, this is different. This is new. And I think it's good, new and good, different. Lyrically, where was your headspace at writing these songs? Um, Was it based on personal experience, observation? How did you find these lyrics? How did you find these stories to tell? Both of those things, observation, personal experience. So I I give you a few um, examples. If you start with the title track, Relentless, um, that is a song about self-belief and and driving forward when, to kind of paraphrase the lyrics, people are falling about around you. You know, they're unable to to carry on, to drive on um, and you or us as a band are able to, to forge ahead uh song hit and run our latest single that was a song about me returning i lived in denmark for for um three four years between the age of about 17 and 21 and that was a song about returning to the town that i lived in in denmark years later and realizing that everything looked the same but all of the names of the places had, had changed you know the shops the bars all the places i used to go the things it was it was like walking back into a, a a dream. So that was that. Waking light is a is a kind of song where you might think, oh, it's it's about revolution, but it's actually about trying to build a band as if it's a a movement. That's not to say we're trying to build empire as if it's a movement, but the name lends itself to <laughs> to start building an empire. So it's kind of like a little twist on on that. Um, and your whole life slows was a bit observational in terms of, again, it kind of echoes relentless in the way of whilst I was enjoying writing and being creative during the pandemic. Um, and if it wasn't music, it might have been cooking or doing something else or just getting to know things I didn't enjoy, like learning about how to how to live stream. I had loads of plates I was trying to spin whilst trying to release singles from um, the other side at the same time, at that stage, without a label. So there were just lots of lots of things to, to take from. And we just have, uh, on my phone, I've got various ideas, various song titles, various little snippets of things I've recorded, the same thing on the computer. So I'll revisit some of those. When I need inspiration, I'll go, oh, wonder what I wrote like six months ago and I'll just start going through listening to vocal ideas or looking at notes on the phone and seeing what at that moment uh, springs an idea or you know is the seed for something to grow out of so that, that's how they they come about and I think for did who's the main my right my sorry my main writing partner in this I think it's pretty similar for for him we do a similar sort of um but anything that takes our, our, our fancy. There's a moment in the Beatles documentary, Let It Be, where George Harrison asks Paul McCartney, what are the lyrics for something? And Paul says, I don't know, just keep mumbling stuff and find the lyrics and they'll come to you. Is that how you approach things or is it is it part of the process of how you approach things? And what is that? approach to writing lyrics for you yeah lyrics are the hardest thing to do uh writing music um so far not really had the creative block um in terms of being able to create music that that comes relatively easily but lyrics are, are tricky and i have started to use that mumble technique and that is certainly the way that uh, hit and run and forget me started in terms of I'd have a little, I'd be playing the guitar or I'd have something on the computer that I was putting together and I'd start I'd get a melody 
and um, so if if I take Forget Me, which hasn't been released yet, but um, will be you know, when the album comes out, everybody hear that. That's the kind of I would call it the 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 only way out of the new album. It's a it's a big kind of epic ballad, um, sad song, but. I just came up with the first line. I'll start with goodbye. I don't know where it came from. There's a, and it, of course, that tiny bit of odd melody you heard me um in there is is basically what it was. It was a kind of back of the throat, half kind of sort of hum sound. Of, mm, 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 mm. And that was like, oh, okay. The, the, and that just started and I had a line. And then that line was like, okay, what does that mean? Could I use it? came up with some more lines, thought, oh, is that too cheesy? Does this make sense? What is the story here? And and put some ideas together, and then it kind of flowed from from there. And I just went with my gut on in terms of what that verse was and what that first line was. And um, I think in the end, I, I had so many lyric ideas for that, I had to cut some of them. And that, that, that song's got six verses in it, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, they're not long verses, but they are effectively six six little verses. Yeah, so I was, uh, yeah, that that's how it how it can come about, really. With that approach versus you know sitting with a guitar or on a piano or whatever instrument you're using to write, and you're writing lyrics versus mumbling, how how does that affect the melody when you're writing? Or is the melody already in your head and you're just trying to find the placement of the lyrics at that point? Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. Sometimes I'll have a melody and I'll start, then I'll start mumbling and see what, what fits. And sometimes I've got a line where it's like, oh, I've got to get in this line. It's got to, it's got to say this, even if it's not the exact words. And then I might try to sing it or might try to find a harmony. If I get can get any sort of melody and I go, okay, that's too obvious or that's just too basic. And I'll try and play around with um one classic trick is from playing on a guitar. So if I was playing it in the key of E, then okay, I'll move it to G and see if something happens there. Does it give me a new melody idea? And then Oh, okay, it has. So then I'll take that melody and try to sing it back down in E where the song is. Uh, it really can work anyway. There's no strict what comes first or, or what comes last. Sometimes, you know, we could have written a, sometimes did, for example, um, with the song Parasites. He had, he had written all of the lyrics and he'd pretty much got the seed of a melody for most of it but then he gave it to me and just said well go and do what you do so I kind of had to follow his melody as well as add my own melody and also because he was kind of talk singing it over the top I mean it'd be more like listening to kind of Mark Knopfler for example do his kind of like talky singing over the, and then I was like well okay um, I've got to somehow turn this. This needs a bit of singing in it. Uh, so that evolved in a way. So Parasites was became at the beginning a kind of darkly, it's not to say, I kind of call it a darkly operatic, but like that's not to say that I'm singing like an opera singer. It's just a different style for me. And then just goes into another sort of thing for me in, in the choruses where it's just, it, it is kind of more talky, aggressive, almost shouty stuff. So depending on what I get fed or what I come up with, uh, different things come out. So yeah, on this album compared to self where you do hear a few little, a few different vocal styles. Compared to 2019, you know, to now, I think we talked about this in your previous interview about the state of rock music, you know, I mean, prior to pandemic, you know, things were, were, rough for new emerging bands and and for the most part they still are but what is different for the band heading into this album what's the biggest difference between this album and last album in terms of the 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 landscape of where the band is at and the landscape of where music is at in the UK so from where the band is at we we signed our first record deal last September 
So we've signed with a, a label called K-Scope. And um, K-Scope have bands on like Porcupine Tree and the, the Pineapple Thief and the, the Stephen Wilson was on there, Meridian were on there, Tesseract, Anathema. Uh, and they're part of a, a bigger group called Snapper. So they also have a, a another label, a sister label called Peaceville, bands like Catatonia are on. So that has been really interesting to work with a label. And I know nothing about physical distribution of CDs because up and, and vinyl, because up until um, very recently, we were just selling our own stuff and you could get things, you could get things on Amazon and eBay and you could get it from our website. But, but now we've actually got in, international distribution plus the, the weight of a record label behind us. Um, and that opens up some avenues and is, is really interesting. It's a, you know, it, it you can't help but feel like a, a bigger band if you've got the support of a, a label behind you. Um, and it's also amazing for us to be on a label that have artists like the ones I've just mentioned that sort of feels like it's validating us to some extent as songwriters being in such, well, uh, amazing company. <laughs> and so uh, that is what is, uh, has happened with us and of course our fan base we were lucky enough to you know we have managed to grow our fan base over the course of the last couple of years we're by no means a big band but we have still managed to grow in in stature which we're really pleased about and in terms of the landscape for rock well that, that's difficult and i think the 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 hardest thing is the is that live scene and still getting people to come out to gigs and buy tickets enough in advance I don't know what it's like in the US, but every single festival, rock festival in the UK is really trying to get people to buy tickets for all the summer festivals because they know that everybody buys so late. And we know that we have the same, the same thing with, with gigs. We've sold out one of our gigs this year, but the other, the other two, we still got, you know, tickets that we're trying to, trying to shift for them. Um, and I think. Rock is still healthy in the UK in terms of there are still a lot of bands playing. Some have fallen by the wayside during the pandemic. And of course, rock bands come and go, all bands come and go. It's just the way that bands are. And often that, often that comes down to personal dynamics. But um, I would like to be more positive, but live stuff is is tough that's why we've gone with the with the option for the first part of the year of doing quality over quantity we're doing a few headline shows that's not to say we're not going to tour this year but we're doing a few headline shows space them out one in march one in april one in may and then we go into some summer festivals and there may be some things in between but for the most part um it is uh it's a it's a costly thing to do whether you're small like us or i i was reading an article where someone was talking to devin townsend the other day and he was just saying you've got to make your tour so long and go to so many places and make it if you're doing a a, a tour at his level you, you've got to do a lot to make it worthwhile to go out on tour and actually make any make any money out of it and of course, we're all aspiring to get to that level. So it's like, that doesn't sound like a particularly bright future. It's not stopping us, but it makes you think twice. And then it really makes you think three times, how are we going to do this? And after the UK kind of shooting itself in the foot with the whole Brexit thing, makes it harder to get into Europe. Well, yeah, we're on a little island and we may be stuck here for a while. <laughs> That has to be frustrating too, because I'm sure there's markets that you want to play in that your people are receptive to your music, that it's a challenge, you know, whether that's parts of Europe or whether that's parts of the U.S., you know, the expense and cost of touring, um, and getting out of the U.K., um, you know, really can set a band back or an artist back because, you know, and then you have to factor in the COVID issue because even though things are better, you know, if you have to cancel a handful of shows because someone got COVID in the band or in the crew, you know, that, that can, can devastate a band. So, you know, when, when you're planning things, 
how, how do you, I mean, I, I would think by being in the UK and, and, and just touring throughout the UK, I think the probably the biggest concern would be, man, if someone gets COVID, what are we going to do? How are we going to compensate? You know, is that, is that a real thought process with you guys? Yeah, it is. I mean, we did a, we did a tour back in late 2021. I'm having to think about my years now, which kind of still feels like it was, it could have been last year to me, but, um, and that was a, we were, it was a support tour. So we were, we were support to bank on Mason Hill. And I think in the end, we did something between 16 and 18 dates. And none of us got COVID. It was unbelievable. And that's, that's September, October 2021. And we were just thinking this is really likely to happen that someone's going to get COVID and, and it's all going to go to pot. Luckily, we didn't. It is still a concern over here at the moment, uh, less of a concern. Um, but any run of gigs is, is difficult because if someone gets COVID or, or just someone gets flu or someone's ill, then it, it, it makes an impact. Um, but as for getting out into the wider world to touch upon what you're talking about before, it's that there are markets where, where we are growing. Um, when I look at sort of where our music's been, being played or where I know that we're selling CDs or we've seen recent activity from France, Germany and Sweden, particularly just in the, in the, um, in Europe. And I think further afield, uh, the U S Canada and Mexico. So there are certainly places that we would like to like to play. Um, but yeah, that cost of going out there and making sure it's, it, it's worthwhile and, and that, with the added risk of illness, I think the illness side actually comes secondary to can we do this? Is, have we got the budget? Um, how are we going to, you know, support the whole band and, um, uh, make it worthwhile doing it? That those are the big questions. As you prepare for this, the release of this album, what is the plan for empire in 2023 with touring and playing out well we certainly want to certainly want to tour but the the plan at the moment is we've got uh, i think i said three we've actually got four headline shows booked um across england and, and wales uh we've got uh probably sort of four or five festivals booked in at the moment or at least announced so we want to make sure that we're out there this year even more than what we've got uh announced at, at present and i think it's fair to say that we that we will be and i'm sure that relentless will, will help us get out there as well as people want to see us more and as the album comes out and, and um, we get more known and those songs get more known so we certainly intend to go out and gig but you know whether this year we're going to get beyond the borders of the uk i think that's probably unlikely so I think we're probably going to try and play in the UK as much as we possibly can and hope that in 2024 we can travel further afield. The new album is Relentless out March 31st. You can pre-order the album on empire.co.uk. And they have all their social media links too as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Don't forget to, if you can, pre-save the album on all the streaming platforms, because what that does is it helps the band with the algorithms that exist in streaming, and it helps open up more doors to more people, to a bigger audience if you do pre-save. So please don't uh, discount the importance of that when a band puts that out for uh, for music fans, for rock fans. So check out the songs, check out the singles. Um the band is absolutely phenomenal. Empire is one of my favorite bands from the UK. Um, just a phenomenal band. Their latest single, Hit and Run. Um, there's also Parasites and Relentless, all songs that are on the upcoming album. Henrik, it's been a, a, a pleasure chatting with you about your music, about this album, and about you guys. Thanks for having me, Jake. Good to chat again. And um, hopefully it won't be the last time catch up with you again soon thanks for having me on absolutely man anytime please come back that's henrik from the band empire please go uh, visit their website and visit their social media pre-save the album 
and go listen to the singles. And uh, this is another episode of The Hook Rocks. This has been Jay Scott. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for stopping by. Take care of each other. We will talk soon. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.